1: Thanks a lot for the, for the worship this morning. Really appreciate it. Um, love. I just really enjoyed that song just saying, yeah? yeah. yeah. Your love never fails. It never gives up. And uh, I've just been back from mission uh, into Vanuatu. Can I have that light um, either turned over there? I can't see anyone. <laughs> but, <laughs> and... Uh, So the last, I think, six weeks or so, I've been away in Vanuatu and on conference with Evangelism Explosion. And, um, you know, when you're away, you've forgotten. And uh, what I mean by that is this morning, we're in the prayer meeting, and uh, they asked, oh, pray for Peter as he preaches this morning, and pray for others. And I won't mention any names, Zach, but anyway, in the middle of the prayer, Zach started to pray for everyone. He's numbering one by one on who he's got to pray for, And, and the preacher... Whoever it was. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, it's so good to be, be back in the house and know that you're loved. Yeah? We were in, uh, in Vanuatu prisons last weekend. And um, we're surrounded by inmates. We love going there and taking the, the Sunday morning services for the incarcerated church. And, and, and they, they love having us there. And they love to hear the, hear the gospel. They love to be challenged in their, in their faith. And uh, after the meeting... I had four, five inmates uh, come up to him and they said, Pete, we want to join One Tribe Ministries. How do we do it? And and, and I was curious as to what do you want to join One Tribe Ministries for? And and the, 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 the answers that I got from them was all about love. It's just the love that we... We're just so into these guys and the acceptance of these guys. And one of the guys said to us, he says, Pete, you come here, you bring teams in, uh, and you're unlike the other guys that bring teams in because they come in in suits and ties and they stand in front of us and, and preach the word and they preach at us. He, he said, but you don't. He said, you come in and, and you're loving us and you, you stand there preaching in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, you come down to our level. Oh, yeah, that's it. We really need to come down the level where people's at, eh? We need to meet them, right? Where they're at. And I don't know why I'm sharing this this morning, but someone needs to hear it. Yeah? We're not up here. No, no. We're down this morning. Tanya was sharing, and and she said one one uh, thing, a couple of things that spoke to my heart this morning in pre-meeting. And the first one uh, was that um, she saw... Those that that were involved behind the scenes. And when she said that word saw, you know, that Jesus, before he acted, before he stepped into ministry, before he stepped into helping someone, he saw the need. He saw it. And then he stepped in. So what he did, he saw people and we need to see it too. He started to see people who were walking around aimlessly throughout life. People that were walking around like sheep without a shepherd, just going astray. And what he did was get beside them and encourage them as a shepherd and brought them through. He met their need. We need to do the same, guys. Honestly, we've got a world out there that's dying. We've got a world out there that's dying that really needs to be loved and accepted. Another thing Tanya said this morning in the prayer meeting, please, I'll get into my message in a minute. But another thing she said this morning was that, That, that um, uh, <laughs> forgive me for going so long. Because she was. Just about could have preached the message this morning in the prayer meeting. It's forgive me for going on so long, but I haven't connected all week. I haven't, haven't spoken to someone all week and I just want to talk. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that the heart of people? Isn't it the heart of people that they want to connect? They want to be involved. They, they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be cared for. They want to be part of the team. They want to get on the field. They want to be playing. Yeah. It's in the heart of all of us. Tanya, thanks for those words this morning. Because they spoke to me and I believe it's for the church today. We need to step out. We need to start loving people. Yeah? And we need to be loved as well. We need to be encouraging each other and doing the journey this morning. Hey, it's mission. Let's call it Mission Sunday. <laughs> hey? Hey? I know I've just returned from mission and there's a, there's a bunch of guys from this church that are over uh, in, 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 in Malaysia that are doing mission. And, and by the sounds of it, having a fantastic uh, uh, time just serving the Lord over there. But this morning I want to speak on, and I've titled this, Who Are You and What's Your Mission? Who are you? Because a lot of people, they don't know who they are in God. They really don't. You ask them what their calling is and they haven't got a clue. They've never stepped into it. They know what's in their heart, they know what they want to do, but they've never ever stepped out into what it is that God's called them to do. And um, so, who are you as followers of Jesus and what is your mission is what I want to look at today. And then I want to challenge you with one important question. Will you go? Will you go? Um, so today I want to look at a story that's familiar with a lot of us here uh, today and 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 and. <laughs> And you'll know the story and the characters as we go along. But I wonder how many of you will will see yourself in the story. Because the story, it contains a picture of you and I. And it tells us who we are, of followers followers of Jesus, and what our mission is. And now the story is found in Genesis chapter 24. And I'm not going to read it all. I'll just pull pieces out of it as we go along. And there's four main characters in that story. There's Abraham... There's Isaac, there's Eliza, and there's Rebecca. But I don't want you to look at the names of the so much the names of the characters. But I want you to look at and see the role that each of them play. You see, Abraham plays the role of the father. You have Isaac playing the role of the son, and you have and these are the two that I want you to focus on today: Eliza, the servant, and Rebecca, the bride. And so, if you know the story. Both Eliza and Rebecca face the same question, will you go? So here's Eliza the servant and for the first, time, and he's the first one to face the question, will you go? And so Abraham at this point, he's old, he's got on in his wife, Sarah has already passed away and it's, it's, it's his prerogative, it's his heart to choose a bride for his son. And so he calls in Eliza, his servant, and he says, I want you to go and find a bride for my son. But I don't want you to find the bride from the Canaanites. I want, I want you to find a bride from the Samites. I want you to go to Mesopotamia and bring a bride back for my son. And uh, you see, uh, 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 Eliza, um, you know, to ask him that question, to go to Mesopotamia to find a bride, it's a big ask. It's not like uh, it's, it's going to the end of Red Bank Plains here and, 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 and looking for a bride there. No, no, this is a, this is a, a, a long journey. You know, he's asking uh, Eliza for his time. It's probably an 18 months to a two-year round journey. He's asking him for his comforts. It's not like he can get on the booking.com and, and, and you know, get the trip organised like that. No, no. He'll be, be riding by camel. All the way, yeah? I was going to get a couple of the guys to come up and chuck them on. Maybe you should. Where are, where are you, man? He's out. No, it's not going to happen. Praise God. <laughs> but I was going to get one of them on each, each of their shoulder and walk along like a camel. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine like 12 months sitting on a camel, going through to find a bride? He's uncomfortable, isn't he? I tell you, he'd have blisters on his behind. Going all that way, it would be very hard for Eliza during that time. So his comforts uh, were taken away from him. Not only that, he's having to travel along a road that's full of dirt, full of rocks. It's mountainous. It's a hard road to travel. There's robbers along the way, so there'd be a fear factor involved in it as well. He's still got to make the decision yet. Are you going to go on this journey? Are you going to go and find a bride for the sun? And more than that, if you know the story, you'll see that, 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 that Abraham uh, gives gifts to the servant. And he gives him all these kinds of gifts to what end? For what purpose? It's like a dowry. It's, it's like a, a gift to, to, that you give to the bride as a, as a dowry to bring him in. You know that, that the gifts that God has given us gets the attention of others? Hmm. I remember being in... Uh, in um, in Roman prison in suva and uh i stood up to preach in front of the inmates and this pain come onto my my gut and i cramped up and these guys must have wondered whether i was manifesting or something like, like it just started to feel pain all through my gut and my chest was like, what's going on here god and then the pain left and I was fine. I was. that was a bit unusual. What are you trying to say, God? So I turned around and said, okay, there's someone here who's got pain in their stomach. It's like stomach cramps. Who's that person? And this inmate stood up. coming to the front. We prayed for him. He was buckled up as he's coming forward. We laid hands on him. God healed this guy instantly. And people saw the gift of healing. And they went, whoa. And I tell you, <laughs> They flew down the front once with Pastor Paul in Fiji as well. We prayed for this guy. His leg popped out, grew to the same, to the same length. That it got the attention of the people because it was shorter. It went Got the attention. The gift got the attention of the people and people come to Jesus. I'm going to share that later, but I thought I'd pop it in there now. And so Eliza's got to make choices along this journey as well. It's going to be full of difficult choices too as day in, day out... He decides on where he's going to spend the gifts, where he's going to use the gifts that he's been given. Friends, we need to be wise in what we do with our, the gift things God's given us, yeah? We have to be wise on how we use them. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll use our gifts to spend on our own comfort or on our own mission or, 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 or our, own, uh, uh, our own glory. Yeah? Look at me. Look what I've done. No. It's not what you've done, it's what God's called you to do and what he's done through you. And then, there, then there's the risk of it all, that he may go on this mission, get all the way to Mesopotamia and he's a, be amongst the Semite people and, 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 and he may find the bride and the bride may reject him and say no. And if that happened, Abraham said to him, he says, if you get all the way there, this is what the father said, to the servant, he said, "If you get all the way there, if you accomplish the mission and you do all of I had said, and she refuses to come, I'll, 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 I'll accept that your mission is accomplished, and you're free from your obligation. It's been fulfilled. You've proven yourself to be a good and faithful servant. Elijah, will you go?" He says, "Yes." And then we read on here from Genesis in Genesis 24. From verse ten, it says, "Then the servant Elijah took ten ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things on his of his master in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. So now he's arrived. He's arrived there. He's in amongst the Semite people, and so he checks into a five star hotel. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, we check into a five star hotel. The travel has been long. We go and book in a massage and some room service." Yeah? no, no. That's not what he did. In fact, it says that he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the wall, of, uh, the, sorry, by the well of water at evening time. Why? Why did he make the camels kneel down at the well at evening time? Because that's the time that the woman come to draw water. Remember, it's already evening time here. I'm not sure what time the sun sets or starts to go down in Israel. Bruce would know, <laughs> but. But I don't. So we know it's late in the day already, and so it's the time when the woman goes to draw water. And because he knows it's a supernatural mission, the servant prays. And this is what he says in verse twelve. He said, "O oh God, O oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to me. To excuse me, thanks, sir." I'll get electrocuted off this microphone. <laughs> fire, Excuse me. Yeah. I, should have, I should have wore a different colour shirt. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, I'm taking some time up. I might as well take it all. Okay. <laughs> and so he, this is his prayer. This is a prayer that, that the servant prays. He says, here, he said, O Lord. The God of my father Abraham, please grant me success for today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the springs and the daughters of the men are coming out to draw water. And he knows that the bride's there somewhere, but he just doesn't know uh, which one it is. So he establishes a test. We read on. Now, may it be that the girl whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink. And who answers, drink. Now, here's the test. I will water your camels also. And she... and Pardon me. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Now, why is that the test? Why is it a test? You know, ten camels. A camel <laughs> drinks about a hundred litres. It's, it's already evening time. Now, she she's got to draw around a thousand litres of water out of that well. And I don't know how long it would take with a, with a jug of water each time run up and pour it in the trough, back down the well. No wonder it said she ran. And, and, that, and then, okay, sorry, we're not even to the... That's part of the story there. So he's just finished his prayer. And, he's, and, 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 and then so Rebecca starts to come out. He hadn't even finished. Before he'd finished praying, behold... Look, and this is where it could go in slow-mo, hey. <laughs> it says, Before he finished praying, behold, look, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. And then it says this, Please remember this description of her. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had relationship with her. She was pure. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. The servant, he calmly walked over to her. (laughs) There was an urgency. It says that he ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And she said, drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. And he's thinking, okay, so far so good. But what about the camels? Now when she had finished drinking, giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also your camels until they have finished drinking so she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw and she drew for all 10 of his camels meanwhile the man was gazing uh, at her in silence to know whether the lord had made the journey the journey successful or not and you want to say well of course he has you know 10 camels thousand liters of water of course it's successful but you think the thing is she still has to agree to go she still has to make that decision. So the servant waits until the camels are finished, and then he lavishes gifts upon her. Yeah, he gives her. I think it was a nose ring and a and a bangle. And I think the, it's like the nose ring was a, like a quarter of a, an ounce, and the bangle was like four ounces of gold. It was like a. It was ten. tenure would love it. <laughs> My wife isn't into jewelry, but I know that a lot of ladies are. Praise God, give me a good wife. I save some bucks. <laughs> Jews, yeah. And so he, he lavishes these gifts upon her and she, she, she goes running back. Actually, before that, um, he gives her the gifts and then, then uh, he asks her, can I crash at your house for the night? And she said, look, we have plenty of room. And so she runs back to the house. Now, she walks into the house and she's got this gold earrings and bangles on and the brother Laban, now we know Laban, yeah? He's a bit dodgy, I reckon. <laughs> and so Laban sees the bling. He's, whoa, that's not where you get that. And so she starts to tell uh, Laban the story of the guy, and he's down by the well, and I fed him. I fed, his, fed, fed all of his camels. Can't you smell the sweat on me? I've <laughs> been running down the well, backing up. It's now close to midnight, and he wants the dinner. He wants to crash here. Oh, Laban's, he bolts because he saw the gift. He saw the gifts, and it got his attention. So he's gone to the gift giver. He's gone to, to, down to the well, and he, and he says, Come. Uh, come and stay at my place uh, uh, for the evening i 've prepared a place for you you know i 've flipped flipping some burgers for you and your boys and the camels. He did nothing <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was Rebecca who was back there slaving her guts out <laughs> and so she arrived and so he arrives at rebecca 's home, and the meal's ready and this is what he said, what it says uh, from verse thirty three and twenty four It says "But when the food was set before him to eat. He said, I will not eat until I have told my business. And Laban said, speak on. And then with a great uh, deal of accountability, Eliza goes in and gives a report, uh, gives an account on what the father had sent the servant to do. And so the mother and the brother agree, yes, he should go. But the next morning they tried to detain him for another ten days before letting him go with Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca still hadn't made the decision to go yet. And here's Laban and the mother trying to, to detain him for another ten days. Now for for some of us, we would probably have stayed. It's only ten days. Yeah. If you know Laban, that ten days could have turned to ten years. He could have hung on to him for a lot longer. And what I like about this story is that the servant, he he refused to procrastinate. He wasn't going to hang around. He said, No, no, I'm about my my master's business. I'm about the father's business here. I'm here on mission. I've got a job, a specific job to do that he's called me to do, and I must step in and finish the job. And so, uh, (coughs) pardon me. And so, what they do, they ask Rebecca. To come into the room and they said well if you can't hang around let's ask the girl if she'll go with you and then they called Rebecca in and said to her this is verse 258, he said will you go with them and she said I oh, will go and Rebecca and, and, and Elijah they set out on this incredible journey back to the sun will you ag- agree to marry this man that you've never met will you agree to spend the rest of your life living in a land that you've never seen she said, "Yes, I will go." And you can imagine, uh, as they were heading back, you could ima- imagine the story and the questions that were, were happening on the journey. Oh, tell me about this man that I'm going to marry. Well, he's from a supernatural birth. He he, he he's a he's a, a promise that one day uh, uh, the 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 Messiah would be born through his bloodline. Um, at the age of 16 his, uh, his dad woke up early in the morning to sacrifice him um, you know why they woke up early hey because if <laughs> yeah it would have been the, if it had a, they had a woken up early it would have been the father getting sacrificed that day if they hadn't because the mother would have found out that she's going to top the old, her only son and so there's a, you know you would have heard he's a child of the promise that Isaac uh, when he was 16 his father uh, Abraham was going to um, going to sacrifice him so they headed up the Mount Moriah three-day journey they went up the hill and, and, and Isaac carrying the wood up the hill they get up there and they and the son he voluntarily lays down his life to be sacrificed and uh, just as the father gets the knife and is about to come in to uh, to kill him an angel comes and stays the hand of the father she would have heard all, the, all these stories that an angel had spared, spared him. I don't know how she was feeling about it. What am I getting myself into? I have I got a father-in-law like that. He's a lunatic. <laughs> no. Anyway, she would have heard all these stories. And so it says that when she finally arrives, Rebecca lifted up her eyes. It comes a slow-mo again. <laughs> Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. And she said to the servant, Eliza, who is that man walking in the field to meet us? <laughs> and the servant said, he's my master. Yeah. And she then took her veil and covered uh, herself. The servant told Isaac all that he had done. So here's this accountability again. He sat there and he's, he's given a, a report. He's given an account to his master of all that he had done. Then Isaac brought her uh, into his mother's mother Sarah's tent and he took her took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her. And that's a beautiful story of a father, a servant, a mother, I mean a, a bride and a son. But what has it got to do with you and me? I tell you, it's got everything to do with us. It's got a whole lot to do with us, with everyone that knows Jesus that's sitting in this room today. You see, first of all, you're Rebecca. You're the bride. And the heart of the father was to provide a bride for his son. And the father knows what most stirs the passions uh, of his son. And he's chosen you to be his bride. And, 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 and like, like uh, uh, Rebecca, you had no idea it was coming. You had no idea that you were chosen until God sent a servant. To you Now that servant may have been your mother, your brother, your, your father. It could have been your pastor. It could have been your best mate who come and brought you the proposal of marriage. And you took it. See, so you're the bride. And when you become the bride of Christ, you take on, a bride takes on the identity. It takes on the privileges of the person, of the male that she's betrothed to. Man, you've got to get over this gender issue here, Okay? But male and female, we take on the privileges and the the, the the power, the identity of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And the servant that brought this message to you, he was utterly relying on the Spirit of God. Hardly rely on the Spirit of God. He, he had no strength of his own to do it, but he, all he was doing was being obedient, obedient to the Father. And what was on offer it's been joined to be joined in faith to Jesus, whom you've never met, and to live out your life with him in a land that you've never seen. And where are you now? Where are you now? You're journeying towards him. And what, the stories, what are the stories that you've heard along the way about Jesus? Well, amongst other things, you've heard of his supernatural birth. You've heard that he's the true son of the promise, and at the will of the Father, he laid, uh, he, 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 the, and the promise uh, of, of, of resurrection from the dead on the third day, he carried the wood to the hill outside Jerusalem, and he willingly laid down his life on that wool, but wood. But no one stayed the hand of the Father. Why? Why? It happened once before. Why can't you do it again, God? Why can't you save the son? No. Because we're not like Rebecca, are we? We're not pure. We're not virginal and pure. We're stained by sin. And something had to be done. There had to be a sacrifice for us. So that through that death on the cross and that third day, the burial and the third day resurrection, we would be made so pure and virginal again. But that's not all. That's not all you are. You see, you're Eliza the servant as well. The, Holy, the, uh, the New Testament, it, it, it brings up all ideas and definitions of our relationship uh, to Jesus uh, throughout uh, the New Testament of our relation to, to him through, through our faith in, in Christ. And so we're the bride of Christ, sons and daughters of the king, but we're also his subjects, we're also his servants. And our mission is to go out and find a bride for the son. Jesus puts it this way, Matthew twenty eight nineteen twenty says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And Let's just get one thing clear here, guys. That's a big ask. What, what God's asking of us is a big ask. So he's not asking you just to segment off some small part of your life and dedicate that small segment to his mission. It's a, you know, he's not asking you to come to church early and set up the chairs and the curtains or be part of the worship team or, or the connect team or stand up here and preach a message, or do communion. No. And that's all, that's all praiseworthy, it's recommendable, and it needs to happen. But he is asking for more than that. He's asking for everything. He's asking for your whole life. He's asking for your comforts. He's asking for your gifts. He's asking for your talents. He's asking you to give it all to him. Give him your resources and your appetites. And you may know great success in this journey. Oh, I've... I've seen thousands, tens of thousands come to Christ but it's also been at times where I've seen no one. I see Jamie sitting here. You know, Jamie made a decision uh, in his life not that long ago that he's going to be a servant. He's going to go out and start to share the gospel he's going to start telling others about jesus he's going to commit to the calling that's uh, that jesus has called us to and we went over to Vanuatu and we had to train and equip uh there was 20 churches in, a, in evangelism and jamie was leading a team out uh into the villages and i said to jamie because he hadn't led anyone to christ yet i said brother don't come back to the hotel tonight if you haven't led anyone to the lord I said, you got it in there. It's in your heart and you're in the mission field and God's called you here. He hasn't called you here to twiddle your thumbs, brother. Oh, wow. He called you to go out and bring a bride home for the for the son. And so he goes, okay. So there we were. It was, uh, it was getting towards the end of the day and then I hear, hey, how are you, mate? And he go, I go, oh, is that you, Jamie? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, uh... Mate, um, I'm not opening the door. I just pulled the curtain back. I said, have you led anyone to Jesus yet? And he said, mate, I've led too. Now, I share that with you because, you know, this, this Elijah the servant, when he was asked to go, he would have been fearful. He, would, he didn't want to step out. I don't think he, he. I don't honestly don't think he wanted to go that all that way because he was worried. He was asking questions. What if I get there and she says no? What if what if the, I'm along the way and robbers get me and kill me? This is a dangerous track. I've never been there before. I know you come from that place. If you want to if you want to get a, a bride for your son, you go and get it. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to risk my life. No, and I know that that's in the heart of a lot of people here. There's a fear factor that's involved. But, you know, you can overcome it because once you get over it, once you step over that hurdle, it's like Jamie. I tell you, no, I haven't led one. I've led two. And then he took off from that moment and shares the gospel with – he tells me stories the other – just a a couple of months ago, he was with his friend at at work and he's sharing the gospel with this friend at work and this friend comes to Jesus. So now he's starting to lead more and more – people to jesus because he knows the buzz he knows the joy of what it is to find the bride for the son <laughs> you know i can only leave you with one last question will you go we, we we can't just we can't play around anymore church honestly we go out into this community here in red bank plains Why? Because God has planted us here. We've knocked on doors and we've seen the, the hurt in people's lives. We've seen people struggling with life. We've seen people who are confused. Mark's been with us. We've seen people that got no answers for life. Like sheep without a shepherd. Wandering around looking for answers and never ever getting them. Why? Why? It's a question we've got to ask ourselves, eh? And if it's a fear that you have, I want to pray for you today. I really want to pray for you because that fear comes from the enemy. He doesn't want you to go out there. He doesn't want you to love on these people, these, so one, these people who God so wonderfully, beautifully created, his people that he's called us to, to go on love. He wants you to be fearful. But like Jamie, step out. Step over that fear and you'll experience a joy that you've never experienced in your life before. Amen. Can we stand and sing?
2: What a great word. Thank you, Pete. You know, we I re- feel really challenged by that and there are three things that I really took away from that, three things that I think that, you know, I could really apply you know one, one first thing for me was am I led by the Holy Spirit like the servant was led you know he just went in he just went and he just did and he just prayed and he just and he was just led by the by the Holy Spirit the second thing for me am I open with my gifts am I loving like Isaac you know he saw his bride and he just loved her there were no conditions. No, I, I need to check your housewife skills first. None of that. He just loved her. Am I like that? Am I open with my gifts? Do I love like Isaac chose to love? And the last one, do I have faith like Rebecca? You know, what a great word, Pete. Do I have faith like Rebecca? You know, she had no idea. She did not know who he was, what, what Isaac's nature was, where she was going, but she just went, you know what, I'm going I'm going.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Life City Church, You can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to LifeCityChurch.com and clicking the Giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.